Now, this is the third week and the last week in this little mini-series of uh, broadening the field of mindfulness. And in the last two weeks, I introduced quite a number of alternative mindfulness techniques other than mindfulness with breathing. And I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about um, a re- sort of or exploring and discussing with you rather than talking about why we might undertake the different practices and what they, how they might affect the mind, what they might develop, and then introduce an additional practice, do another guided meditation using the hand meditation. So first I'd like to hear from you um, if anybody has been working with any of the practices that we've done in the last three weeks the body scan, the part-by-part body scan, the, the circle of parts, the touch points, the in-out, sitting touching, the hearing, the seeing. If anybody has consciously chosen to do some of that in your own practice, then I'd like to hear how it's going and what, you, what you're finding the effects are, and we can explore from there. Please. Um. Can we pass the Yes, I've um, done the the scanning and um, on occasion I use them in order to augment or when I'm stuck or not able just to focus on the breathing and my mind's off in the weeds. I use this as sort of aids to allow me to further concentrate okay. because without them it's the scanning like we did today scanning like we did today or breathing in and then focusing away from the body so the soles of the foot on the exhale and then okay. on the inhale concentrate on the inhale on the exhale concentrate on the bottom of the soles of the foot on the other foot okay and does it leg. does it help you when you can't oh, yeah, connect I mean, it, okay why does it help what well does I'm it curious do? is that it might be I'm just uh, um and my mind is a drunk monkey looking for diversion. And it's possibly diverting me just enough to continue my... It could be. I think there's some value for giving our minds a few games to play. Oh, sure. I mean, and a little variety. There's nothing wrong with that. I also think it's okay to, make med- to keep meditation fun. I mean, it may not sound really deep, but I think it really is. If we can keep our mind, keep meditation fun, we're much more likely to explore it to great depths. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for the fun. I'm not so much for the suffering. I mean, there's no oh, no, no, the, the, no. Fun includes <laughs> suffering. Fun totally includes suffering. Suffering is totally fun if meditation is really <laughs> kept fun. Then okay. suffering is not avoided at all. It's completely fun. Um, one thing that I enjoyed is uh, the, um, opening one's eyes sort of fully and sort of, it's almost like a reset button yeah. on your, on that yeah. particular so you can, sitting time. Yeah. So some of the things you're saying is you can use some of those techniques just to, well, not just, but very importantly, to cut through distraction and to give the mind yeah. a little bit more something to do when it's not quite reaching the breath. Now, how many other people have used the body scan? What do you find it does? What do you find it develops? Why do you think it's an, what is it effective for? Please. 
See, it's important not just to do a technique because somebody said to do it, even if it's mindfulness with breathing or mindfulness of the body or all these various approaches, to, to, know, to have some understanding through your own experience of what it's developing in your own mind, what it's effective for. Um, for me, it, it increases, it, it makes my relationship with my body deeper and better. Like, um, I, t- I tend to, since I've been doing the body scans, I, I think a little more about my health. or um, It just brings like an awareness of the body in, in, into my life that there wasn't there before. I might just not t- take as good care of it or, you know, love it as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naturally, so because we're taking the body itself as our object, so we're really giving our attention to the body. Who else does the body scan as a practice? Oh, you don't. Oh, try it. It's really quite interesting. Please. Hello, my name is John. I'm 16. I think the body scan like <coughs> helps to like to keep control awareness of your body mm-hmm. to like yeah I don't know what to say to keep control yeah. to know your body yeah and it keeps and the to, attention in yeah. the body yeah. yeah now it's the body scan is interesting in many ways sometimes when people are first introduced to it they don't actually just scan through the body they instead feel a part and then try to relax it and then feel another part and try to relax it or tighten the part and try to relax it and move through it and sometimes those more relaxation response exercises are confused with the body scan. Those kinds of practices where there's an intention to relax um, has an agenda to it. The way that I guided it, I asked you to simply feel the presence or the absence of sensation without an agenda to create any certain kind of sensation. So the attention is focused very specifically on mindfulness of the body, on the changing flow of sensation. If you do that kind of a practice regularly, I did it in a retreat, um, trying to remember how many months was that retreat, um, where I just did the body scan all day, all like you know, well, it was like 18 hours a day of, of of practice, and it was just body scan, just body scan, just body scan, um, and it it's a practice that really has the potential. It's a standard vipassana practice that has the potential to free the mind, because when you're experiencing physical sensation without judgment without interpretation, without preference, without staying longer with the pleasant experiences and trying to push away the unpleasant experiences. You develop certain qualities. First of all, because we're moving the attention, we are developing very strong what are called vitaka and vichara, the ability to connect the attention and to sustain the attention wherever we've connected it. Because we're moving the attention through an area where emphasizing more the vichara aspect, the understanding, the investigating, the sustaining of the awareness. Whereas when we go point to point, we're a little bit more, with the touch points, we're a little bit more focused on the applying of the attention from this point to that point to this point to that point. Now they develop together, but I've often felt that that body scan really develops a little bit more of that, um, of that sustaining investigation of the body. And so what are we investigating? We're investigating the changing nature of, 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 of sensation. 
So we're right away observing anicca or impermanence, which is one of the primary insights in vipassana practice. When we do it a lot, we'll, we won't be so concerned with anatomy. You know, after a while, we start to just feel the flow of sensation. We start to feel the flow of sensation as much in the mind as the body. Just the perception, and we start to observe the changing flow of perception rather than just sensation. So the experience itself becomes increasingly subtle as we do it more and more. So the object, even though it's rooted in the body, can become very subtle, as though we're just feeling the flow of, 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 of experience, of perception, um, uh, almost like the sense of, of, of a vibrational field moving through the body, but the attention is steady, 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 steady with every moment of it, not moving off, not like sorting at, just like steady, steady, steady through it. So very strong, um, grounded sense of a continuity of mindfulness comes through that practice. Um, it's very useful um, uh, when there's... Um, There are lots of reasons why we may want to be more grounded in our bodies. If there's a lot of emotion, then we won't want to go into the breath so much. We might want to stay with a more physical experience so that we can be grounded in a sense of presence. If there's a lot of distraction in the mind, if there's agitation in the mind, we might really want that go through the whole pattern or the um, the whole body as a pattern to experience that sensation before we focus in on the breath. So there are lots of sort of conditions why one might choose that practice for some time. And a lot of people just do it for the first 15 or 20 minutes of their sitting and then do the second, um, you know, 20 minutes or so of their sitting um, for, with mindfulness or the remainder, whatever, of it with mindfulness, with breathing. It combines very nicely the two together. I'd like to hear from somebody else who's done some of this. Did you do any of the, either the body scan or part by part or the sound or something that we did in the previous weeks? Is anybody else? You haven't tried anything? Oh, you tried something. You're nodding, no? I tried the sound. Yeah? Okay. Uh, and uh, I really like it uh, to have the sound coming, let the sound coming and see it change. Yeah. Especially where I live, there is a, a road in the morning where, where there is a lot of car passing by. And uh, it's interesting when you follow the sound because more and more you, 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 know, you, you can go inside the sound. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I feel that the, the brain is actually like very, very, very spacious, yeah. very large. Yeah, beautiful. You Instead picked, up on, like you picked up on some of the key things if you were to choose to shift to sound for some minutes. Because sometimes we do want to have a much more spacious sense of the mind and experience letting the mind be very relaxed and open. Just experiencing the sound come and go is one very easy way. You know, if you sometimes, sometimes we just get all tight around something. You know, and we can feel ourselves being tight around it and we don't really know what to do because we're so tight around it. Okay, just listen for a moment. Just drop back. And for the next period of however many minutes you choose in your meditation, 
open up to the sound like we worked with last week. So, so there can be something happening in your, in your meditation that might give you a clue. Okay, I need to change objects for a moment. I don't want to stop meditating. Right? Otherwise, if we don't have a variety of tools, sometimes it's hard to just stay with the breath. Where, and we might stop meditating. You know, there is, there is a certain amount of value for just plodding right through. But it can be very skillful to just open up to sound for 10 minutes and to let that do its work so that we experience the emptiness of sound, the impermanence of sound, the ungraspability of, of the experience of hearing. And through that comes wisdom, through that comes understanding so that we're not so narrowed and focused. Sometimes people get headaches when they meditate if they focus too much on their breath and they're not quite quite skillful yet with the quality of the energy. And sometimes if you start to feel like you're staring at your nostrils (laughs) and you're getting a headache behind that, you just just open the sound for a moment and it, it rebalances the attention so that then you can focus again. Do you have any questions about the practices we've been doing? Okay, I'll give you one more, but you've got to try some of these at home. I mean, just for fun. So go ahead and um, sit in a position that's comfortable. I should probably say a few words about this. We talked, some of you were here last week and I was doing this funny hand thing, but we didn't, I didn't teach it, right? I didn't teach it. Okay, good. Um, so I'll say just a few words before you get to, into the meditation. Um, in this practice, we don't use the breath at all. We just use the sensations of the hand. So go ahead and please lift up your hand. Just feel it in the air. And give all your attention to the hand. And just slightly move it through space, feeling the sensations, mostly at the palm of the hand. You might move it fast or slow. And then squeeze the fingers together. Just touch them like, like so if you need to look. So that the, little, the fingers touch each other. Can you feel that? And then move your hands just through space. Periodically moving the fingers together and apart. Now, it may look a little silly, or it may feel a little funny, but um, I was staying in a monastery in Thailand. Ajahn Damodoro is the, um, the abbot and master at that monastery. And this was, what they, this was the practice, is we would begin simply by, we, wouldn't work, we weren't working with mindfulness with breathing, we were to give our full attention to the palm of the hand. Either one is fine, but one at a time, please. You know, if, if your hand gets tired, we would do it for hours. We'd do it all day long. So sometimes we'd shift to the other side. Um, and we would just raise 
let the arm rest kind of like um, comfortably and then just raise the arm up and down at any pace we wanted we could be moving so slowly it was as though we hardly moved or we could move more rapidly if we started to get tired and we needed a little um, a stronger sensation then we just touch the fingers together for a second and it makes a very intense sensation a very distinct sensation and then we just move it down and I found this particular practice to be a very powerful practice it um, it settled the mind very very quickly for me the concentration was very strong but it wasn't a concentration that was removed from the body because it involved this movement it was a very um, a physically responsive kind of steadiness um, they often said in that monastery that they were practicing sampajanya, which is clear comprehension. So one really knows when one moves that one is moving, when the fingers touch that they're touching. One really knows those sensations. One really feels the, the impermanence of them, the emptiness of them, just the experience of them as they are. And it's very grounding. Um, after a while of doing this in that monastery then we would settle the hand down and maintain the awareness in the palm of the hand for some time and when that was still settled and the attention was not going off in thoughts was still settled there then they would move through the body in a sequence of um, of other um, focal points where they would move the attention in the heart center and then through through a series of points in the body we won't go that far I found that um, integrating it into mindfulness with breathing would be to use it either when there was tiredness or to just use it again for the first 20 minutes of the practice in the same way I might the body scan a way to really ground the attention in mindfulness of the body and then just settle the hands and go to mindfulness with breathing. I found that to be very uh, an easy way of integrating it and really supported the mindfulness practice for me. In fact, it was one of the um, one of my favorite practices um, in Thai, that I learned in Thailand. Um, I only stopped doing it because I started teaching, and um, one of the um, I, the first few years I was teaching, um, I wasn't really giving talks very much. I was mostly sitting up here and ringing the bell. You know, like on retreats, they have the young teachers sometimes just sitting up there ringing the bell. <laughs> so I did that for a, for a couple of years. And um, but I was told I was told when um, I was told when I first was asked to you know to start to assist that um, they wanted me to assist but I couldn't do that funny hand thing <laughs> you know because I was just doing it as a yogi it didn't matter to me that nobody else was doing it because I learned it in Thailand and I loved it so I just kept doing it everywhere um, but I couldn't do that so after a while of teaching I kind of got out of the habit of it but anyway you're welcome to do it with me I don't mind so let's do the funny hand thing As always, take a moment at the beginning just to experience yourself sitting. Bring your attention into your present moment experience of the body. 
feel where you contact the floor and the chair. Feel the alignment of your spine, the release of the head and neck. Sense yourself in space. Then reflect for a moment on your intention to cultivate mindfulness and clear comprehension. Sampajanya. begin to raise one hand giving your full attention to just feeling the sensations in that hand nothing to do but feel the life of the hand Nothing to judge, nothing to fix. The concentration develops strongest, of course, by going fairly slow and fairly simply in the movement. But anytime you feel you need a stronger sensation to keep the connection, to wake up the mindfulness a bit, to give a little energy, just bring the fingers together. And then continue the movement.
if the mind drifts off into thought, just bring the attention back to the hand and squeeze the fingers together once or twice.
If you're still working with the hand, you might allow it to settle on your lap. And to just feel the sensations first in the hand and then in the breath for the last couple of minutes of the sitting. When people begin a meditation practice, one of the great concerns and questions they often ask a teacher is, am I doing it right? And we might have, even if we don't articulate that question, we might have a deep wish to perform the method correctly, to do it right. And one of my interests in offering this series on broadening the field of mindfulness is to give you just a tiny taste of the range of techniques. There are so many dozens and dozens and dozens of Vipassana techniques out there. How can we do it right? It sort of implies that there is a right Vipassana technique, and if we only learned to do the right, pick the right one and did it right, that everything would be fine. And hopefully sensing the range of Vipassana techniques emphasizes a little bit more the understanding that we're not developing a method or a technique where we might get attached, but in practice, what we're really developing is we are developing the mind. Each method and each technique that we undertake develops certain factors or faculties of mind. Some techniques emphasize certain ones and others emphasize other ones. There's a whole umbrella of mindfulness techniques. There's a whole umbrella of, of um, concentration techniques. There's a whole umbrella of um, investigative techniques. And there's just like lots of, of, of choices to do. But each technique that we undertake develops certain things. And that's really what we're doing in our practice. Practice isn't about perfecting any technique. It's really about cultivating the conditions in the mind that are most conducive to liberating insight. So there are lots of lists for that. But the lists aren't techniques. 
The factors that we develop through any of these practices include the seven factors of enlightenment, the five powers, the five spiritual faculties, the four right efforts. I mean, there's like a lot of lists. But those are the factors of mind. They include qualities like mindfulness, and they include qualities of the capacity to investigate an experience. They include wisdom and concentration, equanimity. We're developing the paramis of patience and of... um, we develop the capacity to let go, the ability to discern very clearly where there's attachment, and the capacity to let that attachment go. The ability to discern when there's suffering and what causes that suffering, and the capacity to let that go. So we're developing through any practice more the mind. And as the mind becomes developed and the conditions of mind are conducive, the, opportun- the, the chance, I don't know if this is statistical or not, but supposedly the chance of enlightenment <laughs> is, um, or clear seeing of actually having a depth of insight that allows us to free ourselves from suffering at all the levels of suffering um, becomes very um, possible. Um, So I want to leave you with the thought that we are developing the mind and the conditions of mind for the possibility of the end of suffering. You don't need to worry too much about perfecting practices. You try them, you see what they do. You might find, oh, this particular practice asks me to slow down and it develops patience. And maybe I need a little bit more patience. Or this particular practice of scanning is so equal, equal, whatever the sensation is, it moves through equally, that it's developing some equanimity in the mind regarding physical sensations. Because it's not picking out certain ones and avoiding others. It's just taking the whole lot in a smooth flow. And you might want to develop some of that quality of equanimity. So please feel free to explore, to experiment. I think when we understand the aim of freeing the mind from suffering and we understand the function of the practices as developing these various factors, then we won't get confused when we try different techniques because we haven't privileged technique to be of such paramount importance. It's just one of many things that we can do. So I hope some of the things that we've done in the last three weeks um, inform your mindfulness practice and can be a support for your mindfulness practice in all ways. Um, If anybody wants to speak with me individually about your meditation practice, um, I do offer individual interviews and consultations, chance just to talk about your practice and what's going on. Um, And I will be offering them this month, two Monday one Monday morning and one Monday afternoon this month um, in Mountain View. Um, and we're just going to take a, they're going to be walking interviews. We're going to walk in consultation. We'll just stroll around Cuesta Park and there's a meeting location where we know to find each other. So about half an hour interviews. If anybody wants to um, talk about your practice, that's the format that, that is available this month. So there's signups on the, on the table right outside. And if anybody did want to receive mailings for Insight Meditation South Bay, there's a sign-up sheet on that table as well. The mailings really are a couple of cards. Do you have a card? Um, This one we mailed out a month ago. Um, 
so and then it, the schedule for the quarter is on the back well more than a quarter it's like three or four months of schedule is on the back of the monthly day longs and, and the series courses so we send one of those out two or three times a, a year there was a question somewhere over here please it's not on the IMC website, no, but if you pick up the card, then our website is printed on the website, and there's a calendar that's, um, you just go to California Calendar, and all the events are listed there. Yeah. Yes, you can link. You can link, and you can link from mine back to the IMC website. There's all these, like, linking. You can link from everything to everything these days. <laughs> One unbroken chain of links. Okay, we'll have a lovely evening. Thank you.